are now listening to Shy Sox Weekly, hosted by Tony Marchese and John Suarez. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning into episode 32 of Shy Sox Weekly. I am John Suarez, joined with you today by my co-host, Tony Marchese. Tony, how you doing today, dog? Hey, man. I just got to say one thing. Happy yep. one-year birthday, anniversary, whatever we want to call it, to our Twitter account and Shy Sox Weekly. I mean, we recorded our first episode just about a year ago. I, I think the official day that we recorded was St. Patrick's Day, but it's been a hell of a year, John. Yeah, so we're basically right at one year. Basically started as Shy Sox Weekly as a podcast. Now we obviously have the whole blog and everything attached. We've come a long way. It's been an awesome year. It's been a lot of fun talking White Sox with you, Tone. So let's not sit here and toot our own horns too much. We got a lot of little we humble brag about. out of the way, yeah. Okay, fine. I hereby declare March 6th of every single year Shy Sox Weekly Day from there this point forward. Okay. There you go. Declared. All right. All right. What do we so, got going on today? Well, the White Sox um, have started spring training. We talked a little bit about it last time. We're obviously, when I introduced us, I didn't introduce our uh, third member. So why isn't Johnny here, Tom? Johnny and our blogger, uh, Andrew Kinsler, uh, they took a trip down to Arizona to actually check out spring training. It's kind of been a yearly thing for them. They're going to join us a little bit later on in the show with some observations and Tell us a little bit about the trip that they've had down to uh, Camelback Ranch, the, the Arizona Dale. Scottsdale. They've been all around. They've, they've, I think they went crushed to a few it. different games. Um, but Absolutely uh, crushed it. Yeah, all right. Um, let's just hope they're not too tossed up because to give our uh, listeners a little bit of um, kind of background on when we're recording, it's 1038 our time. So that means that it's like 830 scottsdale time so they're they might be a little inebriated by the time we get them on the line yeah they've been vacationing now they call it vacationing for three or four days that seems like a johnny thing that seems like something johnny would say that he's vacationing yeah yeah but uh they've been putting in some work um i've seen a lot of updates coming out of uh mr kinsler uh that have been retweeted from our account he's got a couple of videos and stuff um the one thing that i'm really (laughs) Really disappointed was that they didn't go to the game that Eloy homered in because that would have been cool. But literally, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get an update from them later on in the show. But uh, what else we got going on today? Um, the 108 finally dropped their uh, March Madness uh, White Sox Twitter personalities tournament bracket. Obviously, we knew we were going to be in it. <laughs> Tooting our own horn again a little bit. They actually said that we need to step our game up. Believe it or not, on their reveal show, so we could talk a little bit about that if you want to. We're going to dig right into that. So that happened. We could go over some of the matchups and the bracket if you want to, Tone. Our specific matchup in the first round, I like how they did it this year. I think last year, I don't remember correctly. But I don't think they had all 16 seeds. So they have all 64 teams that, like, March Madness would actually – I think they even did play-in games. They did. So they have they, – yeah. So they have, like, basically every aspect that March Madness actually has in terms of, like, seeding and bracketing covered. Which is awesome. We made the blogger podcasting region as an 11 seed. So, and we're facing Brian Billick, who is a notable guest of Shy Sox Weekly, and he's the sixth seed. He was a notable guest, and um, I, I really actually do like this matchup. I think it'll be a good test for us in, in round one. Um, I'm gonna go and say that uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into this first round, and we're gonna stomp Brian Billick. 
Um, oh my god! <laughs> in the first round, um, and then uh, we'll be taking on either Future Sox or Northwest Indiana. Steve, Future Sox is actually one of our our uh, partners here that we've got going on. We announced a partnership with Future Sox earlier. Clinton Cole, um, the first ever guest on Chai Sox Weekly. He's somebody that we uh, we work very well with. We've had him on the podcast uh, quite a few times now. He's going to be giving us minor league updates throughout the season. Really excited to have Clinton coming on here. Um, it's probably going to start right when the season uh, for the for the minor league starts. Um, he's going to be giving up all the updates. He's also going to be giving updates on different things like food. I know he's about to go do some burger burger thing where he's going to go review all the best burgers in Chicago. So we're going to get a lot of good stuff out of Clinton this year. Yeah, um, he can give an update on how we curb stomped him in the uh, 108 personalities tournament. Oh, yeah, right, because no. from the Future Sox account, I mean, he'll have to answer to that after we beat him there. So to give people a bit of a background on this, we are closing in on 1,000 followers on Twitter, which we're very proud of. As we just announced, it's our one-year anniversary. I think 1,000 people gained in a year is – that's a pretty impressive number. It's pretty significant. I'm happy, yeah, I'm happy with it. But these, these, as you could say, big kahunas that we're going up against, I mean, Billick has, I think, like 5,000 followers, but Future Sox alone has like 12 or like 13. So obviously we got these big followings that we're trying to go up against, or that we're going up against. So we got to try and step our game up like they said. Tony, you can go ahead and humbly brag about that little propaganda commercial you made earlier if you want. So I, I wouldn't actually go and take credit. That ad was paid for by... Um, an undisclosed Twitter group. Um, they don't. They do not wish to be named at this point in time. I can't shed any light on on who paid for that ad. Um, but they approached us earlier today uh, with an idea to you know sponsor an ad that we would run on our Twitter. Um, and they are they are funding funding some of these uh, ads that you're going to be seeing coming out of uh, the Shy Sacks Weekly account as the tournament goes on. Um, they do not want Shy Sacks Weekly to lose in this in this tournament they want to see us getting in all the way to the final four so you know they're pretty serious about this there's some big money some big dollars behind it and john i'm, I'm pretty excited to be working with them yeah i'm excited too <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we got all that we got the 108 twitter tourney i think that starts tomorrow i think by the time that this drops that the voting yeah, on I'm that should sure probably Friday. start i don't know but I did see the bracket. Um, they posted like a nice little PDF file where you can print it up and make your own bracket challenge. And some ones that I saw, we were in the final four, which I actually thought was fucking awesome. But another person that I saw, we lost to Billick in the first round, and the other person I saw, we lost to Future Sox in the second round. So yeah, I've seen actually, I've seen a, I've seen a few people actually take us pretty far into this bracket, which uh, uh, I appreciate that. We're uh, we we I guess we're not really expecting to make it all too far in this John um if I'm going to be real there's some there's some really good competition here Oh my god yeah I guess that's what we're alluding to Yeah um we're glad we're in it but we we understand Yeah we know we we've got realistic uh, expectations here um real quick John um I'm going to throw a few matchups out at you uh, almost kind of quick hit style but uh Tell me who you think is going to win some of these. One of the ones that I'm really interested in is the Lawrence Holmes versus Herb Lawrence matchup over in the celebs region. I haven't seen. So honestly, my take on this is whoever promotes it the best on their own personal Twitter will probably receive the best outcome. So like I've seen like 
Daryl Van Schoen and like Chris Kamka. I've seen like big names in the White Sox Twitter world. I don't know if Chucky G said anything, but I've seen like these bigger guys that they're including in this tournament say something, and that's going to end up helping them because these guys are probably going to end up retweeting this poll when it comes out, and it's going to end up getting them more votes. So I don't know. I don't know the the like following ratio. That obviously plays a factor in it. I if I had to guess, Lawrence probably has a lot more followers than her, but. Obviously, I know who I would vote for in that situation, so I would obviously have to stick with Herb. It's my guy. Good take, good take. I think Herb's going to wipe that one. I, I think uh, it's definitely going to be Herb out of there. Um, another one that I'm really curious to see what happens with is um, over in the Superfan region, our guy White Sox Sale versus Alley White Sox. Sale made it? Sale made it. He's a 15 he's a yeah he's a 15 seed going up against a 2 seed. Oh, um, I'm smashing that sale button. Yeah, we're going to maybe we could put our We're going to we're going to fucking we're going to get behind sale. We're going to give sale some yeah, love. Yeah, maybe we can get our bot army working for sale here and get cause an upset. Um that's that's going to be a good one to watch. Also, uh our guy Johnny Nani, his personal account made it in the super fan region. He's a 5 seed going up against uh Sockside Pride. Uh, a 12 seed over there too. Um, how far do you think Johnny Donnie can get in there? Uh, well, if I mean, Nani can definitely make it to the second round. Go look who would his second round matchup be his, right now. His second round matchup would be Dylan Covey's burner account or Tanky Viciedo. <laughs> I actually love the Covey's burner account, dude. So we got we got some trouble there when it gets to that round. But he could actually go pretty far in that bracket. It sounds like. I think he has a chance to beat all those accounts. So if he makes it out of that... I mean, he, he runs all these fucking tailgates. Yeah, he runs the tailgates. He's on Shy Sox Weekly. He's on Sox on 35th. Um, if he makes it out of that, I'm pretty sure he'd be facing off with the number one seed, Shy Sox fan Mike. Oh, you're shitting me. Does he even promote like this stuff on his Twitter? I, I, let me go check right now. I'm not I, sure if Shy Sox fan Mike is promoting this. I know last year he did. Um, he promoted heavily when he was in his battle with, uh, with White Sox Dave. I want to see our guy Nani take down Shy Sox fan Mike. Well, you got to remember, Shy Sox fan Mike, how many followers does this guy have? Like 10,000, but... He's got like 10,000 followers. You know Shy Sox fan Mike is going to get some votes. He's facing off in the first round against, uh, that hat guy, Chris. Hat guy, Chris? Yeah, Chris Mars. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that oh, right. Oh, homie that oh, never has a shirt on, Yeah, dude. the guy that never We've, has a shirt I, on. I brought him up in the first podcast. Yes. The one, wait, yes, yes, I know what you're talking about. He said hat guy Chris. I don't know. That. I don't yeah, know. well, but that's because he's he's got like – He has all the hats. Yeah, okay. he's got all the hats. I, I got you. But uh, I think I think either the hat guy Chris could, could run a really good uh, uh, campaign here against Shy Sox fan Mike if he wanted to. The 16 over one. Yeah, the, the 16 UMDC. over one. Well, you don't watch college basketball? No, I, I don't, but I, I do follow the March Madness tournament, believe it or not, John. Um, so did you watch it two years ago when Northwestern was in it? Uh, I can't say that I, I followed Northwestern as a as a team in that like tournament. Individually, yeah. Well, they made it. They won their first game. Yeah. They, uh, they Shy Sox weekly did it. Yeah, they Shy Sox weekly did it, as we're about to do with Billick. Um, I'm trying to think here if there's any other good matchups in this. Oh, there were plenty. There were plenty of great matchups. Um, let's they have like Ken, Kenwo against Penals. Yeah, Kenwo against Penals is going to be a, a heavyweight bout. Um, they had like um, 
Who do they have? They had, like, Chuck Garfine against, like, Lauren Nisevich, who, um, I don't know if you met her, but she was at a lot of the 108 tailgates last year, and she actually had, like, I'm not really sure, I don't want to, like, say the wrong, like, thing, but she was, like, battling, like, I think it was, like, a disease in her lung or something like that, and, like, she had to have surgery and everything, because I ended up following her, she was really cool, and... I don't remember what happened, but she's actually, it's like a really cool story, um, basically. I know that she talked a lot about it um, when it had first originally happened, but that's really cool that they included her in the tournament. I thought that was cool, the 108 guys, long story short. The 108 guys actually talked about this matchup. No, I've never met her, but um, they talked about this matchup, and the interesting thing about this is after Manny Machado didn't sign with the White Sox, Chuck Garfine has been accused of carrying water for the... uh, for the White Sox organization. So everybody's expecting an upset here. Okay. But the one that I'm really looking at here, actually there's two of them. Not Rick Hahn versus Wright Sox and Southpaw versus Fagan. And I think those are two very interesting matchups. I think we're going to have to figure out if it's Fagan or Fagan before that matchup actually happens. Well, but... We'll 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 ask Nani. Maybe we can get a third ruling on on the pronunciation. I normally pronounce things wrong, so I'm gonna go with your pronunciation on that one. It looks like Fagan. It's probably Fagan. I don't know. That's one of those. You see, you said not Rick Hahn against Right Sox. Sox. Uh, Right Sox has got that in the book. And then who else? I should probably just go fill out a bracket. You should. You should definitely fill out a bracket. I'd, I'd be curious to see what your bracket looks like. I'm actually going to do mine tomorrow, and then we'll both post them up there from uh, from our accounts and see what we got here. But regardless, um, this brings me back a little bit, John, to last year when we had first started, kind of back on that, that whole one-year thing. Um, right when we had just started this, I think we talked in depth about the from the 108 personalities tournament on our oh, second podcast. 100%. I remember it. Maybe I'll maybe Stat I'll actually go back and, and pull some of the audio here. I also want to ask you, who do you think is going to win this competition? Who's your money on? If we had to make a bet right here on air, who's your money on to win this? White Sox, Dave. And I'm hoping that next year you and I are up in the in in the in the field of competition. I think we could we can get in there and and probably lose round one, but at least we'd have our name out there. Hey, if we keep getting people to subscribe, you know, like, comment, you know, leave positive ratings on the podcast, and we keep getting our name out there, nothing but good things can happen. Regardless, uh, it's back to that time of year, spring training, the 108 tournament. Um, Kudos to them. I mean, it was a good idea. Um, It kind of brings White Sox Twitter together. Uh, we didn't make the first one, but we did over midsummer get called uh, trending up by two men in a hot tub. Um, we did. So that's three three grown men in a hot tub. I think it was just two of them at the point in time. But I, I still it, put on the trophy three grown men in a hot three tub. Three grown men in a hot tub. Absolutely, we'll take that trophy. So the we'll, third one we'll was there in our spirit. Mantle. Yep, we'll hang that one on our mantle. All was right. Was that during Cherizy's suspension? I think it was. I think it was okay. during Cherizy's so just... suspension. All right. With that said, um, let's go on to some other White Sox stuff here. 
Um, Johnny and Kinsler are down in Arizona. Andrew Kinsler is a blogger for Shy Sox Weekly. If you haven't seen his work, you should check it out. He's written a few different articles on the Shy Sox Weekly page. With that said, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsor, and when we get back, we're going to be joined by Johnny Nani and Andrew Kinsler live from Arizona. Thank you so much from our sponsors for that word. Uh, we are back from break, and we have two members of the Shy Sox Weekly crew with us live from Scottsdale, Arizona, which I don't think Tony knew existed until about an hour ago. But <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was like, I think the Camelback Ranch area. I don't know. You'll hear it when you listen to the podcast. That was my little shit talk to you for the night tone. But um, Thank you. Yeah, we got Johnny Nani, who doesn't need an introduction, and then we also have Andrew Kinsler, who we've talked a little bit about on the last couple of podcasts, who is a newer blogger for Shy Sox Weekly. Um, Andrew, I'm going to give you the floor. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, man? Thank you, John. Uh, So as a lot of our followers know, I've been new to the blogger game, so my name is Andrew, a good friend of Johnny Nani, and been around at White Sox games as long as I can uh, remember, but it's been exciting to be part of uh, Shy Sox Weekly so far, and I've enjoyed, um, you know, being able to write and uh, just to pretty much get some of the thoughts out there that me and Johnny like to bounce off each other every now and then, and you know, just get that out there for the Twitter sphere. But um, as I said, I've been going to games for as long as I can remember. I've been frequenting Arizona for as long as I can remember as well. So uh, this is the third year that Johnny and I have done the spring training trip. So uh, we've been able to see some pretty great things here and, you know, be able to see the whole rebuild come uh, full circle. And, you know, we're in a really exciting point in, in time for all of that. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it, Andrew. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so like they said, they've been going back and forth to Arizona for a couple years now. He said he thinks it's been about three years. So obviously you guys are a bit familiar with the area. Why don't you fill us in a little bit, Johnny and Andrew, about how your trip's been going so far? So it's been great so far. Um, We were staying at a Best Western in the northern part of Scottsdale. So everything's a little bit spread out down here. That's just kind of the way things are set up uh, in between mountains and whatnot. So... Um, it's usually about a, depending on what ballpark you're going to, I'd say about a 25 to 50 minute drive, um, to wherever we're going to like Camelback Ranch where the White Sox are based. That's probably about, uh, 35, 40 minutes from our hotel here in Scottsdale. Whereas, uh, we went to Goodyear on Tuesday and we'll get into those games a little bit. We went to Goodyear where, uh, that's home of the Reds and the Indians. So that was probably a little bit closer to an hour drive, but, um, we showed up, we represented our White Sox there. Uh, we got smoked, but, um, we definitely saw some, uh, South Sider fans there and made sure to give them a shout out there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, the weather's beautiful down here. Um, highly recommend anyone that, you know, if you have a chance, uh, even if it's just for like a weekend trip, catch a couple games, um, highly recommend it. This is the third year that we've been doing it together. Um, we look to continue it for as long as uh, we possibly can, as long as our schedules are able to, uh, clear up around that same time. So, um, yeah, highly recommend it. And, you know, it's, Andrew had mentioned it in one of his blogs. It's stress-free baseball. Um, you know, <laughs> you're not worried about, uh, uh, what would you say? Who was it? 
uh, JB Shuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh so, you know, you're, not, you're, not, you're not worried about why JB Shuck is sitting in the floor. You're just worried about watching, uh, you know, Dylan Cease or uh, Reynaldo Lopez or Mike Rodolfo or some of these great right. prospects that we have in the pipeline. So, right. Yeah. So, overall, uh, the game didn't go too great yesterday, but even with how bad this forward was, there was still. Uh, you know, plenty of great things to be taken away from that. Let's see, Mike Adolfo came in to pitch hit, I think, ninth inning. So not a lot had happened on our end offensively up until that point. I think we only had about six hits all day. But he came up, got a nice pitch hit, knocked, uh, you know, like, I yeah, think it was like single, right through first and second base. Yeah. That, and then on top of being able to see Dylan Cease out there, you know, he only went one inning and, you know, what is – at his first spring start, they just want to ease him in there a, a little bit. But, uh, you know, his first pitch of the game, Chuck, a nice 98 miles an hour out there. I mean, yeah, you really can't ask for a whole lot more than that. Um, saw some pretty good fielding out there from Nick Madrigal. He had a nice heads up play to throw out. Uh, I, I forget. Yeah, goodness, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was uh, trying to get a extra base there. So, yeah, you, you know, it's still... Always not great seeing, you know, the score get run up like that. But, you know, it is nice to be able to take away those positives. And then uh, on the game we saw on Monday, ended in a 6-6 tie. We were, like, much trailing for most of the game. But then towards the later innings, we were able to mount a little bit of a comeback behind some of our, uh, like, other prospects. I think Laz Rivera went yard. Yeah, uh, I think so, yeah. And, like, his first pitch hit at bat. So, you know, as we said it's yeah. just always nice to see um, a lot of these guys that we've heard quite a bit about, but, you know, you don't really get to see them on the south side at all, so. Yeah, unless you have minor league TV, you're not really seeing these guys. <laughs> but seriously, like, I, as much as I'm, like, invested in it and, you know, trying to tune in as much as I can to whatever is going on, it's mainly reading the box score, but they actually get to see these guys in action. Uh, Andrew had mentioned Dylan Cease there. When he says it was 98, it was an effortless 98. Yeah. Like, it looked like he was just playing catch with uh, – uh, who was buying the plate then? I think that might have been. Uh, it, uh, I don't even was, know. Uh, was it Castillo? It might have been no. Alfredo Gonzalez. Yeah, you're it right. Was it Gonzalez, was Gonzalez, yeah. but it seriously looked like they were just playing catch. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it was cool to see his first start of the yeah. uh, spring. He he did fine, um, but the you know the rest Other of the pitchers, game. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah, our boy uh, Tiago Vieira struggled. We'll put oh, it that way. He's, he's always gonna fucking struggle, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Not only was he inaccurate outside of the zone uh he was also pretty wild within the strike zone so yeah even when he was throwing strikes he wasn't able to locate he was just getting hit all around the ballpark so that's yeah. not a good look not um, a good look at all terrible especially when you know since it was a split squad game a lot of the white Sox fans went to the home game so it was about you know maybe five percent white Sox fans the other portion of that was uh you know cleveland Indians fans who we're actually somewhat gracious. I was a little bit surprised about that, but yeah, it's interesting the interactions you have down here. We'll get a little more into that, but um, you, Tony, what uh, what happened then while we were at? Because I saw you know um, we're we're getting pummeled eleven zero at uh, Cleveland. What happened then <laughs> with the game at San Diego? Eloy Jimenez dropped a bomb. And then shortly thereafter, Zach Collins fouled that up. Both of those guys went oppo. Uh, good to see the oppo power um, out of both of those guys in that game. They still lost, uh, but at least the offense was able to muster some stuff up. Um, unfortunately, you guys didn't get to see, I think it's yeah. any offense whatsoever. Like, uh, you guys are talking about some good hits from, from Mike Rodolfo and everything, but uh, it's not too much to write home about when they don't cross the plate. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it- 
it was tough to watch. But I mean, that's encouraging shit. Um, you know, Zach Collins, uh, Eloy, those are power bats that you want in a future White Sox core lineup. So that's, uh, you know, good to hear what was going on back at the ranch. Uh, thanks for keeping us updated on that while we were drowning our sorrows yeah. on a good year. <laughs> we were able to see, um, actually, so we haven't seen either one of those guys in uh, live action in a game yet this spring, but when we were at the practice facility watching a little bit of uh, like batting practice going on right before our first game, we were able to see both Eloy and uh, Zach Collins hit up there. I We actually both had some videos out there on oh, Twitter. Yeah. Mine was a little bit um, obstructed because uh, right in front of where Eloy was standing was uh, our old favorite GM, Kenny Williams. So he's just getting in the way of Everything. all of our fun this offseason, seems like whether it's on the field or, you know, in the, in the front else. office. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to see some of those guys tomorrow. We still have one last game before our flight takes off. We'll be seeing the White Sox take on the Brewers back at Camelback Ranch. White Sox 2.0. You're going to get to see, like, fucking yeah. Fat Albers and Tyler Saladino. And oh, I don't yeah. even know if Dan Brett, Jennings. I don't even know Brett if Dan Lowry, Jennings. Brett Lowry. Oh, oh my yeah, God. Brett Lowry's on that squad now. Fucking Lowry. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, I'm jealous now. But, yeah, Tony and I were talking a little bit about gambling off air, which this is totally non-related. But it sounds like you guys kind of had a little bit of a gamble to pick the, obviously, like, the home game or the away game. And it doesn't sound like the gamble went in your guys' favor right there. So I'm sorry to hear that. But, obviously, like Andrew had said, it's nice that in spring training, the record doesn't matter. What does matter is young guys getting repetitions against guys they typically wouldn't see and little takeaways like you said magical taking extra bases away from Kipnis or a Mike or Adolfo I don't know if you said it was an extra base hit or like just a nice gap shot whatever it may yeah. be yeah was, whatever it may it be single of the gap, but yeah absolutely yeah. you're right yeah, yeah it's, that's huge and that's stuff that we need oh. especially with how shitty our offseason was it's stuff we need to hold on to and Carson Fulmer I was going to bring it up is that what you were about to bring up oh no I actually I was going to say just a little note like stuff that you would never see in the box score just because it wouldn't get there and uh, you know we were, we were trying to film as much as we could for big at bats for you know Madrigal Mancata whoever but you know in the when the White Sox are in the field if it's not Dylan Cease pitching I'm not really hooked on every single pitch trying to get some of that footage but in, I think, about the fourth or fifth inning, Moncada's playing third, and I forget who it was for Cleveland, just hits a piss rope yeah. down the third base line. Moncada dives to his left like he's been playing there his whole career. Makes a beautiful diving catch. So, like, you know, that's something that you won't see in the box score. But, you know, as crappy as that game was, that's still at least something positive for us to see. Yeah, so is exactly. that the only game that you guys got to see Moncada at third? That was one of the things I wanted to ask you guys is how does he look there? I think you answered that question very well already. It uh, looked like he's been playing there his whole life. I mean, he's played that position for, but um, I was just wondering what you guys thought about his comfort at third base this spring. That was that was the only game that we saw. Do you have uh, he, Other than that, he didn't really have a whole lot come his way, but do you have anything uh, you saw from Moncada? He looks like he's in midseason form at the plate, taking <laughs> his usual backwards Ks on, you know, balls that are right on the could edge. Could go either way, yeah. but, you know, uh, either way going down looking. So, uh, definitely one thing that we hope he's able to turn around on this year. But, yeah, as uh, Johnny mentioned, he did look very good out there at third. Hopefully, we'll be able to see some more of that uh, tomorrow if he's in the lineup. Yeah, Tony, you probably haven't heard this in a minute, but are you worried about Yoan Mankata? 
Because I kind of because I kind of that's a good that's a good bring up here. I think we could go round table on this one. Happy birthday, Shy Sox Weekly. Yeah, I'm not worried about Yoan Mankata. You know, you want to go talk if you want to go talk about Shy Sox Weekly history. Um, one of our first tweets was uh, was that opening day when uh, or the home opener when we uh, Chuck Garfine got into our mentions about uh, not being worried about Yoan Mankata. Do you guys remember yeah. that? I don't know if John, oh Johnny, or Andrew God, know about this. Dude. I remember you 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 at least told me about that. Um, we talked was, about it on one of the pods too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh God. I mean, I don't know. It, it's tough. The the plate appearances still look, I would say, the same as last year. Um, he says he's going down to Arizona early, like he did in late November, early December. Work on this type of stuff, and he's still taking that first pitch right down the middle, and then you know swinging it's like we saw one he, he had a swinging strikeout a looking strikeout and then a infield single in the one game that we saw but on the strikeout looking he looks at the first pitch down the middle takes a ball swings at one chasing that's already in like the you know right-handed batter's box he's hitting lefty at this point and then he looks at another ball so it's 2-2 and then just a breaking ball that really didn't break all that much just sits right on the outside corner and he looks at it and yeah. he's talking about trying to go out and protect with two strikes. I haven't seen it yet. So if you're asking me, Tony, if you're if that's the question here, are we worried about Yoan Mankata? A little bit, yes, because I don't think that part of his game has improved all that much just yet. Yeah, I mean, Yoan Mankata can post as many 15-minute Instagram live videos as he wants, but I'm still going to be a little worried about him until he actually produces something at 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 the regular season level. Um, yeah. So, I mean, at the beginning of spring training, I haven't been, I was talking to Tony about this too, because spring training is all day games. And obviously sometimes it's kind of hard to find a stream. I never really pay attention until it's like the end of spring training. And I'm like super just hyped for the regular season. So I've never been a huge spring training guy, but I did notice that at the beginning of spring training, Yom and Kata started really, really hot. But mm-hmm. even when he was hot, his strikeout numbers were still up there. Yeah, so yeah, that's something that he has to work on. I don't see those strikeout numbers really coming down. Decreasing. I mean, Not this would all. be the, this would be the time for them to start going down, and if they're still at about the same it's not looking too pretty you know and this is this is one thing i wanted to ask you guys shouldn't he be in the lineup every day right now in spring training like shouldn't he be getting the most at bats no Uh, not quite yet probably another week or so because they still have quite a bit of the guys that uh do that do belong in uh the minor league camp but they haven't quite been sent over yet so i know there was a press release yesterday that after the game they did so with madrigal yeah. yeah, so a, a few of those guys. So, and then you know, players that are non-roster in, invitees as well. You know, like Ryan Goins. So all of those guys will still get at bats. You probably won't see them playing a bulk of the game until about another week, week and a half or so. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how like it progresses down here. That's why. So the past like couple of years, we've gone probably about a week later than the time slot that we're here right now. And by that point, a lot of these guys had already been sent down. So we like we saw Blake Rutherford come in and pinch hit on Monday. But last year, that wasn't even an option. He was already in minor league camp. Uh, I think we missed out on Zach Collins action last year as well. We missed. I think we missed Kopech. We even even missed Kopech last year because they'd already sent him down to minor league camp. Um, So that's just the kind of way it goes. So right now, to answer your question, he shouldn't be getting the bulk of these at bats just because of the way that they structure the schedule. Yeah. But uh, soon enough, yes, that's that's the best answer. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, for like the last, like, I know even at the end of spring training, I'm pretty sure the Sox have like a couple games against the Diamondbacks, like at Chase Field. They do. Yep. Yeah. They went yeah, up to Milwaukee last year, I think. In yeah. Games. Yeah. Which I think it's cool that they do that. Yeah. I, I think that, that'd be. Uh, Obviously, yeah. that's nothing they would ever be able to do for us. But I think it's cool that they are able <laughs> to, like, because there's still, I mean, you'll still get a few guys that are going to be on that final cut, but they'll still get the chance to play in that major league stadium and what they're a little bit so yeah i like that too I, I think it's a good idea playing those last two spring training games there so we're literally three weeks away from opening day so spring training is already half done pretty much yeah it's so, crazy yeah, it's crazy it's fucking flying dude i yeah, hope the season doesn't fly like that because the season yeah. flew by last year yeah anybody that else that you're like really um surprised <laughs> with what you saw down there Anybody that's that's really uh, a minor league guy that uh, we don't get to see very much that uh, you guys really were impressed with? So I guess I was surprised a little bit with Nick Madrigal, A, just with how much we saw him. So we actually saw him get um, action in, you know, like both of the games that we saw. But um, also on top of that, uh, you know, there's the whole stigma surrounding him that he doesn't really have that much power, have all of that much pop. And like, granted, this was just, a deep fly ball to the gap, and uh, I think the center fielder made a like pretty good running catch on it. Yeah. But there was one at bat. I, I want to say it was his second at bat of the game where he hit an absolute rocket. I I, th- I thought it actually had a chance to go out when it first came off the bat. But uh, so I was at least uh, surprised to see him stay inside of the baseball, pull it, you know, to like deep left center field where it is actually a pretty deep ballpark where uh, over where we were at. Like yesterday, definitely a lot deeper than uh, some of the gaps are at the rate. But I was just surprised to see uh, that strong of uh, contact off of his bat. Yeah, I I agree. And then one that if you're looking for like a minor league guy that you wouldn't like really know unless you watch, Bernardo Flores has an absolute hammer of a curveball. Yeah. It drops like, I'm not going to say Clayton Kershaw, but like it is pretty close to a 12-6 um, when he locates it, uh, he got a nice uh, backwards K on one of them. Um, it's just something that I wouldn't, because he's not really a highly touted prospect. Um, you know, you don't really hear all that much about him. Um, I think the first time I really heard even his name in headlines was when they went on that um, Sox Dominican trip back in like January. So um, that that was just something that that could be a uh, guy to keep an eye on in the minor leagues this season. Yeah. Um, let's see, other than that, though, um, I mean, you're kind of know what you're getting. We did see some Daniel Polka BP, so that was encouraging. Um, that, uh, you know, I think that was just a matter of being dehydrated and wasn't really a uh, – whatever major yeah. sprain or uh you know pulled hamstring or something like that so uh that was encouraging to see uh other than that we're we're big fans of mike rodolfo had a little yeah. bit of had a, i mean i just think he's a tank like so one one of these guys like was one of my friends he had like really followed up on like all these like prospect ratings from like these dominican prospects before they were signed by these teams and at one point mike rodolfo was rated above eloy jimenez so that I mean, that, granted, this is from like 2012, 2013. You know that changes, but still, it's interesting to see that this could be when you're talking about guys that might be a diamond in the rough. Might be someone I wouldn't even say diamond in the rough for Clinton him. Cole's been huge uh, on Mike Rodolfo. 
I think as soon as he's fully healthy, because he had that, sur- they, I know he hit just at the beginning of last year, and then they kept him out because he had to have surgery on his arm. So he's only been hitting. Uh, he was DH in both the, like, DH in the first game, and then he pinch hit in the second game. But if he can be fully healthy, I think he could be an absolute just master. That, that's my outlook on him. So um, hopefully we see more tomorrow. Um, I know some of these guys have been sent down to minor league camp, but we still, our trip's not over. Um, we still got one of these uh, games left back at Camelback Ranch. It'll be White Sox Brewers. So um, looking forward to seeing that. Um, some old friends, too, like we yeah. mentioned earlier. We're going to see Rodon, Jones, Colome, Ruiz, Covey, and Hamilton tomorrow. Damn, that's, that's on the literally dives. like 80% of those guys are going to be on the opening day roster. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a really good game to catch. Guys, uh, outside of baseball, um, what's the best part of your trip so far? Uh, I would say the meal we just had. So we oh, went yeah. to Don and Charlie's uh, for any of you sports fans out there. It's a great restaurant. And they usually take reservations, what, weeks or so in advance just because it's such a popular place to get into. But uh, the whole walls all just all over the place, just covered in all sorts of different signed sports memorabilia. Actually, at our table where uh, oh, like we were eating, we actually sat next to two ticket stubs of uh, the first game at New Comiskey Park. Yeah. So uh, that was definitely great. But uh, yeah, um, it, it's it's been open for I'd say almost a hundred years. And uh, is it really? Yeah. I think this is this is actually the last year because they're going to be closing down for a new hotel building to be put there. So uh, I guess it was just great uh, to like go see that place one last time. And, you know, we were actually catching up with some of my old baseball friends. I have a friend that um, I played high school baseball with that actually lives out here now. He's supposed to be moving back to Chicago uh, within a few weeks here. But uh, for the time being, he's been living out here. So it was like nice to reminisce on some of those old times we had on the ball field. But now we're just out here watching some of these guys that yeah. are a lot Boy, younger yeah. and a lot richer than us. Yeah, pretty much. So three days. Tony's yeah, gonna, Tony's gonna do it to you right there. I already <laughs> know he is. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, you know, yeah, I, it's uh, probably Glory Days. It's probably playing in the background right playing now. Playing in the background right yeah. now. Yeah, that I was good. Cool. And I played sports and whatnot. Yeah, me. oh yeah, real cool. Um, that place is unbelievable. Um, I know there's not much time left, but anybody, if you're listening to Shy Sox Weekly and you're going down to Arizona in the coming weeks, go check out Don and Charlie's. Like Andrew said, the whole, every single wall and the ceiling of that place is covered in sports memorabilia. Um, there's so much that you can you can't even possibly consume it all. But they have a huge just like trophy case full of signed baseballs that are just legendary right when you walk in they got babe ruth uh hank aaron mickey mantle steve or stan musial bob gibson anyone that you can possibly imagine um i did find one white Sox on that wall actually two Uh, i found jackson yeah well actually okay three then so bo jackson uh it did say kansas city royals underneath it so it might have been a year from there but bo jackson was a chicago white Sox at one point um we saw Steve Stone autograph baseball there and then uh Belton Bill Melton. So um yeah, that that was definitely a highlight of it. Um other than that, just honestly enjoying the weather. That that's been great because I don't know how it is there, but at least when we left it was freezing yeah. in Chicago. Been doing no, some one oh eighting by the pool. Yeah. I'm fucking brutally cold and windy these last couple of days but i think saturday it's supposed to be like 40 something but it's supposed to rain i don't know i don't pay too much attention to the weather but i did look this week and it does not look pretty all right well everyone can thank us then if it warms up bring uh, it back we're bringing back the uh sunshine 
But if it doesn't, then don't blame us. So. <laughs> Bring back some fucking regular season White Sox wins. Yeah, there we go. We'll, so we'll take those. We'll take absolutely. So uh, one last thing that we want to touch on with you guys, since it's a hot topic, we talked about it a little bit uh, in the beginning of the show. The uh, the 108 Twitter tournament. Johnny, kudos on making it uh, in three different squads here. You've got uh, us. You've got a bid with uh, Sox on 35th, and you're also in the super fan region. Uh, how you feeling about the chances of all your uh, all your entries here? Oh, so first of all, it's an honor. I'm gl- I thank to those guys for selecting me in that super fan region. Um, I, you know, they Pete Hand said I was the hardest working person on White Sox Twitter. I don't know if that's entirely true. I just like to provide content for a group of like minded people. So if you like gifts, if you like tailgates, if you like White Sox related music um vote johnny that's all i can say and to answer treasy's question no i am not jamaican i'm just super italian and have a hilarious mother so that's why she named me johnny (laughs) that's good stuff johnny there um we'll be pulling for your for your personal account um from the shy Sox weekly side uh we're hoping to maybe meet socks on 35th i don't know we'd probably get uh like we talked about a little bit earlier, we'd probably get stomped by them. Uh, bigger following. We we know we're 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 being realistic here. Uh, we're happy to be included in the tournament. Uh, Johnny, kudos to you for making it over there, uh, guys. In Arizona, do you have anything else that you want to mention before uh, before we let you go? You got anything? Uh, I think we pretty much covered just about all that. You know, we saw that was monumental out here. So you know, hopefully, we see one last good game tomorrow, and then you know, just uh, get ourselves ready for the regular season. I would say follow Shy Sox Weekly on Twitter, follow at akinsler25 on Twitter, follow at Johnny on Twitter. Uh, we will be posting your spring training updates there. If you missed any of it from the past week, uh, plenty of videos, pictures, one awaiting, all of that kind of good stuff all up there. Um, we hope to get a little bit of a recap blog together. So um, that would be the next thing to look out for from us content-wise there. Obviously, this episode and uh, happy birthday, Shy Sox Weekly, gentlemen. Cheers, boys. Yes, cheers, cheers to that. Absolutely, cheers. Uh, take a good swig right there. All right, yeah. guys. Thank you All for right. joining us. Uh, I know you. Uh, you would rather be probably doing something else down in Arizona than uh, recording a podcast with us. So we appreciate your time. No, no, we're, we're more. We're more than happy to. Hey, if we're going to be down here, we might as well bring some of the content. Uh, we've done plenty of our fair share of one awaiting uh, yeah. baseball bullshitting, all of that. Um, so yeah, we're we're going to get ourselves ready for tomorrow and uh, looking for a nice start from Carlos Rodon. Hopefully, he goes more than two, at least more than one. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> he he should. Uh, last thought on that, he should be on track to finally be at that. They've been kind of bumping these guys' innings up. Uh, they let Reynaldo Lopez go into the fourth on Monday. Um, I think that they just kind of hit a pitch limit there. But as long as Rodon doesn't get rocked, uh, doesn't go wild, then I think you should see him for probably at least three. That would be my guess. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your guys' night. I know it's your guys' last night out there, so you guys have a good night, and you get home safe, okay? All right. Absolutely. Thanks, Thank boys. You. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, of course. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. All right, and that was Andrew Kinsler and Johnny Nani live from Scottsdale, Arizona, reporting for Shy Sox Weekly. We appreciate them so much for, um, you know, taking time out of their week in Arizona and providing us with content like we were just kind of talking off camera. Not a lot of people have been putting too much about spring training besides like the main reporters out there. So it's nice to kind of get like a behind the scenes fan look at everything that's going on down in uh i was about to say glendale (laughs) scottsdale 
<laughs> yeah, we've we've really determined today, John, that you and I have no idea where, where anything is, where anything is in Arizona. Um, so we're lucky to have Johnny. That's why. And yeah, that's why we got those guys. Yeah, All that's right. why we got those guys. But uh, it, it, I think it's about time to close this off. But uh, if I want to yeah. leave anything here, it's that uh, I appreciate the work that uh, Andrew and Johnny have put in um, over the past week, getting some videos, some firsthand looks at what's going on down in Arizona coming on the podcast uh can't thank those guys enough yeah dude happy birthday shy Sox weekly we're just a bunch of guys that like the white Sox. we like beer and we like to ramble on our own opinions so thank you so much for sticking around with us yeah we're really excited guys so until then go white Sox. go white Sox.